Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife, Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Hey, Dylan, thanks for being a part of the program. It's always good to have you guys come in and just sit down and be able to talk. Most people don't know that we're sitting at Heartlight in a, in a room with two mics in front of each other and, and, uh, and talking, but thanks for being a part of this. Yeah, no problem. Hey, uh, we're talking about loss. Um, you've been a little bit of loss in your life, haven't you? Tell, oh, yeah. us, tell me how you even got to Heartlight, kind of the scenario of what was building up and how you got here. Tell me what was going on. Well, I guess I'll start. Uh, my brother died last year. Um, after he died, I kind of used drugs and violence to cover up every feeling I had about him. Mm. Uh, I never thought about him even one time, really. Uh, I mainly used drugs to cover up every thought I had, um, which wow. all that led to me just being kind of like just a blank person. Uh, and I lost pretty much everything I cared about around me uh, because I was so selfish and... Um, so, short story. Um, now I'm here. Well, I mean, do you, I mean, do you think it's selfish, or do you think that it was kind of a um, part of me thinks it's almost a, a normal response because mm-hmm. your 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 brother didn't die in a normal way. Yeah. I mean, because uh, how did he die? Uh, it was police shooting. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, he was sitting in a car, and yeah. it was really kind of by accident, wasn't it? Yeah. That it happened, and so kind of a random deal. I mean, just thinking about it. I mean, it, it, when somebody dies in a car accident, you understand that a little bit more, or somebody dies of a disease. But when it's something as tragic as that, I would almost think it would be kind of normal mm-hmm. to want to block that because it's just so, to me, that's so enormous. Yeah. I mean, is that what you felt? Yeah, it was, man. Well, I think when there's any kind of loss, there's always going to be a little bit of uncontrollability. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think it is normal to do that. But um, I think in a way, I went a little overboard. But um, and you say uncontrollability—that's well, interesting. What do you, mm-hmm. Why do you say that? Um, I just think anytime there's loss, there's always going to be a little bit of um, people not knowing what to do because um, there's a hole that's there, and people are going to find ways to try to fill it. And you never, yeah, and you never really had a loss like this in your life. Oh, no, so it's not no. like you're a seasoned you know, yeah. marathon yeah. loss filler, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. But I mean, so so you, you get into that. And so when did you realize that it was a problem that, hey, I can't keep doing this? I realized it was a problem when I couldn't go to anybody for help. Um, I realized that I lost all of my friends and even my girlfriend of two years. Wow. And I had no relationship with my parents at all. Wow. So I was just so alone 
and uh, I knew something had to change. Did you find yourself just diving in and becoming depressed, or was it that you just wanted to isolate yourself from anything that reminded you of your brother? Yeah, I was just trying to isolate myself from anything that reminded me of him. Wow. Uh, I was never at home because there was pictures on the wall of him and all that, you know? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, and your parents grieving yeah. and going through that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, there was a lot of publicity around this case as mm-hmm. well, so you were yeah. probably reminded of it every time. Yeah. It had to be tough. It was. Okay, so so when you when you look at that and go, okay, so I'm, I'm filling the void and I'm losing relationships... Did you care about it in, when you were losing the relationships? Like the girl, did you just go whatever, or was it was it something that was? Did, I mean, it, did you enjoy the pain of of dealing with it because you're taking on some of your brother's pain? Um, like you're supposed to grieve, and this, you're yeah. supposed to be a mess, and you're supposed to be pathetic. I mean, mm-hmm. it, was there any of that that crossed your mind? Yeah. But I tried to stay away from all that because mm-hmm. when I acted that way, when I tried to grieve or all that kind of stuff, I feel like people would be sad with me. And I didn't want any of that uh, really because I didn't want to think about it again. Wow. So even at the time of me losing relationships, um, when I was sober, I guess I, would, I cared. It kind of tore me up. But then I'd go right back to smoking and everything would be fine. Um, and I wouldn't care. So Wow. And so, so the transitional point for you, when you finally said, okay, I can think about my brother, mm-hmm. I can uh, get away from some of this and kind of face the music or face the reality mm-hmm. of what went on, what, when was that? Uh, actually, probably six months ago yeah. here at Heartlight. I never felt like I could face any of that until I started talking to people here, mm. and they kind of showed me that whatever my struggles are, you know, they're still going to love me or whatever. Um and I kind of decided, like, it's about time to think about it and yeah. talk to my parents about it because I never have. So, wow, you know, some people go through life and never resolve those mm-hmm. things. I mean, it, um, you know, we, when you read in Scripture that the fruit of the spirit's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, a lot of people think that self-control is anger management. I don't. I think self-control is that I'm not going to be controlled by other things that have happened in life. Like, I I don't think you were created to respond to um, a policeman's mistake in losing Mm -hmm. your brother. That's not, your purpose isn't to just grieve that your whole life. It's it's to learn from it, surely, and to to embrace it and remember your brother in a great way. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, to be controlled by it, I don't think you were created for that. Yeah. Do you? No, I don't. Um, I actually think... I was created for a bigger purpose. Mm. Um, for one, I feel like God took away my brother to help him because he was in a rough spot. Yeah. Um, I think he did that. And also, I think he took away my brother to help me. Um, wow. So I think I can have a calling to use what I've been through to help other people too. Wow. And I think there's a part of that, that you look at most people that do things for others, it it comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be a calling from God, but it doesn't always have to be. It can mm-hmm. be from circumstances in life that draw you to something, you know? Yep. So what would you think that would be for you? I mean, what, how would you flesh that out? What would you think that would look like if he's going to use it in your life? How do you think he's going to use it? 
Um, I think my situation is unique, uh, definitely. Um, so I feel like uh, I got through the challenge of the loss of my brother. Um, I feel like I can uh, spread my tools and how I got through it mm. to other people yeah. and just try to spread hope and yeah. light for people yeah. who are in the dark. You think talking about it is one of the best things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Make definitely. sure that you get it out on the table yeah, and definitely. talk about it? Definitely. Was that hard the first time somebody said, hey, let's talk about that? Yeah. And I think the first time I did, I just started crying, like, wow. unstop, wow. nonstop. It was crazy. Did you have a desire to go smoke or drink anything yeah. or do anything when you when it started, when you had were being forced to think about it? Did mm-hmm. you go, this yeah. is what I want to go do? Yep. Wow. I did. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes a lot of strength to not go there, you know, yeah. so that's important. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, God bless you, man. I think I, you know, it's it's. I, I think you know you've had a loss in your life early on, and what, I think what you'll find is that losses will continue to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think God has an amazing way of filling those things. Matter of fact, I think that's. I, I made a comment once. I said it's magical how He does it, and that doesn't mean that it's creepy magical. It's just a mysterious and magical way that He fills those voids mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I think it's, and, and then getting you to a point where your brother can look down on you and go, hey, he's doing something good with this. I know he'd be mm. proud of you. Yeah, I hey, agree. Well, thanks for being on the program. Yeah, thank you. Every parent knows that setting rules and consequences is one of the hardest parts of the job, but lots of parents make it harder than it has to be. Mark Gregston has helped parents all over the country and now he's put what he's learned into the Developing Rules and Consequences workbook. In it, Mark walks parents through the process of putting together a plan for developing rules and consequences that generate results. In the Developing Rules and Consequences workbook, Mark talks about the importance of setting a small number of specific rules that change the whole atmosphere of your home. Communicating exactly what you want from your team will help you learn how to discourage inappropriate behavior and encourage better decision-making. That means crafting rules with consequences that will make them think twice before they make a decision. The Developing Rules and Consequences workbook will show you how by helping you create a custom plan that works for your home. The hardest part of the job is about to get a little easier. Order the Developing Rules and Consequences workbook by visiting parentingteenresources.org. Grace, thanks for being a part of the program. Tell me a little bit about yourself. You live in Canada. <laughs> yeah. You're adopted from China. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and and you're living in East Texas with us. How did you end up getting here to East Texas? Well, at first, the plan was that I would stay with my grandparents in Arizona. Um, they vacation there a few months each year. And so while they were there, I would be staying with them for yeah. probably around a couple of months. And then when we got there, my parents told me that I would actually end up here. Yeah, yeah. So why? What was going on that that it was, okay, we got we to gotta find another place here? Um, me and my parents, we were having a really tough time together. Um, I'd always like, like we'd had, you know, like we'd had our... Um, good times and bad times but recently it had been getting really 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 bad like how 
Like how? What would, um, that, what would that look like? When you say, okay, this, it got bad, what would, mm-hmm. what would bad look like? Well, it got to the point where, like, I just gave up. And so instead of ever, like, trying to, um, like, fix, like, an argument or at least try to show him, like, I still loved him, I would just avoid them. Mm. So I would always either be out with my friends or if I wasn't at work, I would be in my room and, like, you at work? Where were you working? Starbucks. Starbucks. Well, that's a yeah, good place to work. It was fun. Yeah. But um, yeah, when I wasn't getting food, I was just in my room and yeah. getting yeah, depressed. Never, yeah. Did you feel like you were getting really depressed? Yeah, I didn't know at the time, but now when I think about it, like I obviously was very depressed. Yeah. And what do you think that stems from? What do you think the depression comes from? Um, I think that since I had blocked off my parents for so long and I felt like I didn't have anyone I could like turn to Mm. and even though like I I knew my friends were like there for me like I I really like to stay really surface level with everyone so um kind of being in my room like you know being depressed and isolated like it also made me feel like in a weird way like safe because I was it's like this is my room I'm by myself like there's no one that like, no one's here to, like, boss me around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, tell me a little bit, because you just you just said surface level. You like to stay... Why do you like to stay surface level? What's so hard about going a little bit deeper? It makes me cry super easy now. Um, there's so much uh, pain, and uh, I still do it now, but um, at least I'm aware of it. But before, when I wasn't, like, aware of, like, everything I was feeling... Um, like deep inside, like all I knew was that I was angry and I would snap at everything and everyone and yeah, I wasn't a fun person to be around. Okay, but that's, that's how you responded. But yeah. what was it inside of you that was, that was causing that? Um, from my adoption story, like even when I was younger, like, or even like 10 or 11, like, like I knew like my story, um, but it, it never like bothered me. Um, like thinking about it, it's like, oh yeah, like that kind of like it hurts that yeah, you yeah. know I was abandoned. That that sucks. But it wasn't like it never like kept me awake at night, or I never really connected it to life. And then when we adopted my younger sister, I'm 12 years older than her. Yeah. Um, when we adopted her, I found out that both our stories were very similar, and it wasn't till that I saw her, someone who I love so much, um, so innocent and beautiful. Just looking at her, it made me think, not just like her story and my story, but just about the world in general. And it just made me feel like the world is so negative. Like all I want to do is want to give up because this is how they treat people who haven't done anything wrong. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, so you, I mean, do you think a lot of your stuff goes back to that initial feeling of being abandoned? Yes. Really? Yeah, a lot. Okay, so when you think about, okay, well, if I was, do you ever, do you ever think that, that there was some reason why you were chosen, and and maybe the baby next to you wasn't chosen? I mean, do you ever think <laughs> about that? Kind of the weird way of that where you would be as a eighteen year old now in China. Do you ever think about where you would be if you weren't adopted? I have. Um, I don't. I don't like to think about it too much because it 
it, it makes me sad thinking about other kids who weren't as lucky as me. Um, but yeah, it makes me very, very sad. Do you feel like you were deserving of that? Deserving to, to be selected? No. Wow. I don't. Wow. I have given my parents and my, my siblings too, I've given my family such a hard time and I love them so much and I know they love me too. But sometimes when I'm feeling just really down about life, sometimes I just wish that they had adopted another baby girl who wouldn't have caused so much pain and my family, I think that my family would be better off if they hadn't chosen me. Really? Yeah. You think they would say that? No. I don't think they would either. I don't think they would either. I mean, I think there's a part of it that you just go, you know, the situation could have got so much worse, you know, or be so much different. And, you know, I think they kind of adopted you the full package, you know, the, the full package of, of um, whatever comes our way, we're <laughs> going to take care of it. And I mean, and that's a, I mean, that's how much they love you. That, I mean, they, they don't just love you for all the good. They love you with all the bad stuff. I mean, whatever you feel or anything else. Yeah, being at Heartlight is, I've definitely come to realize that. Before um, before Heartlight, like me saying that I love my parents is mostly just because, well, I mean, they're my parents. Like, yeah. you know, may as well. Like, it's kind of what I'm supposed to do, so whatever. But um, being here, it's... It's taught me so much, and it's helped me and my family get through so much. And now, well, like when I look at them and I think about how much I love them, it, it's not like, oh, I love my parents. It's, no, I, I really do. And yeah, I, I yeah. can think about all we've been through and how, how far we've come and yeah. how much I really do love them. Well, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that there are so many other people that feel exactly the same way that you do. There's something about that core of, of, of being abandoned that, that creates something in you when you think about it. I mean, you just go, somebody gave me up, somebody gave me up, somebody gave me up. I mean, I, I, I get that. The other thing that I think that is so cool, but somebody chose you as well. I mean, and it's somebody looked at you and chose you. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even get to do that with my two <laughs> kids. We just, Jan and I just had them. I mean, <laughs> but they weren't really chosen, but you were. And I think that's the, perhaps that's the focus instead of that I was abandoned. Well, yeah, and you can't change that, but you were also chosen. And, and to me, that is love beyond what, it goes far beyond having your own kids. I mean, I, yeah. I think, and uh, but that's something that's so special that people don't get to experience. And maybe the conflict is is the realization that you're loved, but also the feelings that you have of abandonment, and those two things clash, and it causes that conflict sometimes. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful in your life and family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. 
Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then. Thank you.